We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tracks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got my co-host, John Stefanczyk, on the line. It's the long-awaited offensive review show. Uh, we got plenty to talk about when it comes to the, uh, the Ole Miss baseball team. They do lose their second series of the season. Back-to-back weeks. Uh, obviously, last week we talked about going on the road, losing uh, to Mississippi State on the road again this past weekend in Nashville. Uh, win game one against Vanderbilt, pretty uh, wide margin. Vanderbilt comes back in the doubleheader on uh, on Sunday and, and sweeps it. Um, I'd, I'd say a fairly devastating day for the team. I mean, picking up two losses in one day when you only had, what, like six on the year before that, that's, that's pretty rough. Um, you know, I was at least expecting them to split the doubleheader, but we're going to get into what exactly went wrong, what this team needs to fix to get back on track. And like I said, uh, John's going to go through the offensive stats, although we actually have a large enough sample size to kind of judge this team. I will mention they're playing right now in a little meaningless midweek game against Arkansas State. I mean, I say meaningless. If they if they somehow found a way to lose this game, I think Ole Miss fans would uh, definitely not act as if it was meaningless. It would have a lot of meaning to them, but probably, probably going to be okay. They're back at home where they've only lost two games. They get Georgia at home this weekend. Talk about all that. First, my co-host, John. What's up, man? How you doing? Well, I'm just rolling along. Um, condolences to Friday Roland for not being able to produce content last week. We'll see what. Yeah, this this podcast has never taken a week off. I'll just say <laughs> we've done a few. But... Yeah, sarcasm there. But uh, yeah, get, hit him with the since there was no Friday Roland last week. Hit him with the Friday Roland New Hampshire weather report to kind of wet their whistle. Uh, it went from sixty five last Friday mm. to freezing rain Sunday. Hmm. to about mid-50s and sunny today. It's been all over the place. Mid-50s is honestly still too cold for me. It's like nice and balmy well, 70 here. It's it's like. well, the air is much drier up here. The dew point's much lower. So 50 here is much be- is notably better than 50, 50 down in Jackson. I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to experience that. Uh, because I it seems to me... Go ahead. There's a difference. So. Yeah, I have to, I'll have to come up there and check that out then because I, I, it's hard for, for me to imagine it. The other shout-out goes – Table Cobbleson requested a shout-out. You know, we'll give it to him. DK Metcalf liked the uh, version of the uh, hiked leg painting with him having the biggest ass. So Hell, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, we'll always give uh, Table Cobbleson shouts out. He's our boy. Uh, uh, that was quite funny. He, he faved – DK faved an old tweet uh, of, of Table talking about uh, painted him with with thick thighs is very is really quite funny. Um, Twitter man, just a gold mine of uh content. So much good stuff happening on there. 
I don't know. You want to get into it, John? You want to talk about the uh, this baseball team? I think there's definitely been a lot of gnashing of teeth among the Ole Miss fan base uh, with the back-to-back series losses. I, me personally, somewhat of a contrarian. I'm I'm inclined to to say it'll be okay. Wait and see. It's just one rivalry series and then a, a doubleheader of two seven-inning games. You know, I, I'm not ready to, to completely say the sky is falling, but obviously it's not good. What was your takeaway from this past weekend? It's really interesting when you compare college baseball and key milestones in a college baseball season versus an MLB season. And compare, I'll weave in. The Red Sox are 14-2. and They're off to a blazing start, but but you look at it and you say, well, it's like 10% 10 of the season. Every team's going to have a hot streak and a cool streak. It's part of the it's part of the process, part of the season. It's in April, etc. Mm-hmm. If we if an SEC team was to go fourteen and two, their first sixteen games of conference play, or let's say thirteen and two mid season point, everybody would be saying they're the best team in the country. Holy cow, etc. It's much the sample size of games. The college teams get judged by yeah you get you get fifty six total but let's be honest at least half of the non cons are meaningless games mm-hmm. so really I mean for us for an I SEC, think for I think for most teams you probably have one maybe two good non conference series and then maybe two solid midweek non conference games I mean there's really I think it's even less think, than half at most. I think the I think good programs play thirty five to forty meaningful and, games, and that might be different for teams outside of the SEC. I, I think with the thirty game SEC schedule, it probably makes teams more prone to so, schedule soft non conference schedules. Yeah, and vice and vice versa. Everybody probably plays thirty five real games a year. So, yeah, the, the four that Ole Miss lost were all meaningful games in this past two weeks. Yeah, and it's all so what it does is it magnifies one one-off results or one-game results. And it can be kind of hard to pick up trends. Now, with that being said, they go the bullpen blue. Let's make sure I get this right. I think I think there were three inning, three different instances on Sunday where they had a pitcher in the game. If he goes out there and gets three straight outs, they win the game, correct, between the two games? I think so, yeah. Bracey was down to a strike at one point, I believe. Um, Wolfolk had a chance. Maybe yeah, he probably gave up like a home run. So Austin Miller had a chance, disrespecting the name. Mm-hmm. Austin Miller out there giving up a double down the line, etc. What, what what has what I do think is alarming though. I mean, if, if that was the if that was just one day, you look at it and you say, "Ah, it's just baseball. It's not overreact." One day, and like you mentioned before we started recording, a day on which they did score a lot of runs still, even even with the losses. I mean, parts parts of the team were working. We'll get to the offense here in a minute. I have to eat crow on the offense. Um, but there has been a trend over the past three series that I think is starting to become something that really is going to either make or break how far this team goes. Bullpen depth is an issue. Arkansas on Sunday, they get out to what was it, an eight to three lead, have a mess of a seventh inning. Keenum gets one to roll over the wall to get it to eleven to seven, and they turn around and give up three more runs. 
and they squeak out of a jam. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State, they have a rough go of it with bullpen on the, on Sunday. And then Vanderbilt, Sunday comes around, they have a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's three straight Sundays, four games, which whatever you want to make of the scheduling, where they've had bullpen issues and they were able to squeak out of one of them. And the one they squeaked out of, they were at home, and they batted, they batted last, so their offense could hit them through it. Yeah. So I think here at the – we'll call this the midseason review as much more so than – it'll be an often really look at the whole thing in addition to the offense here. That's really the question mark on this team going forward, is how – are they going to be able to right the ship to an extent with the bullpen, use what, figure out a way to use what they've got, mm-hmm. or is this going to keep plaguing them? I think – I think from from a Mac, the, from the other from a big picture perspective, the other way to say is right now Stokes and Wolfolk have not any, not even begun to approach expectations. Stokes, I had modest expectations. I didn't have many expectations for Stokes. Wolfolk's been a disappointment this year. If you if either one of them was pitching decent right now, they would have found a way to win. Win at least one, maybe two of the games they blew, they'd be sitting here at nine and six, 10 and five. And we'd be going, yep, they're set. They're, they're going to, they're in great position to contend for a national seed. Now we're sitting here going, they still got a shot at it, but they got to get, they got to get the bullpen cleaned up. I think Etheridge is a good arm, but Etheridge cannot pitch twice during a weekend. He doesn't pitch near as well on the second outing. He's essentially the equivalent of Aaron. He's a better, to me, He's a better Aaron Greenwood from if you're going to compare him to 14 team. And so just to break in, if you're looking for solutions, and it can be kind of bleak when you start thinking about a college bullpen. It's not like you're going to sign anybody new or trade for a new arm or something. But um, as far as Etheridge goes and not being able to pitch twice in a weekend, I think some of what needs to be cleaned up is Bianco knowing when to use guys. For instance, using Etheridge in the Friday night game when Ole Miss was up by like six runs didn't really make any sense. That was pretty dumb. That that should have been somebody like Will Stokes or Austin Miller or something. Obviously, Vanderbilt has uh, a very good offense, and they hit well at home. So I'm sure Mike was just trying to get the one win. But in retrospect, having a fully rested Etheridge might have gotten you a second one on the weekend. Uh, I think maybe that would be more likely than one of those other guys completely blowing that big lead. So maybe that could be the solution, a solution that helps you be better out of the world moving forward, but I don't know. The other – yeah, that could make sense. The other, the other side of this is that, I mean, there's been nuanced criticism of Bianco and bullpen management. At some points, you know, somebody's going to go get some outs and take care of it. Um, could starters go deeper into games? Yes, but I will say this. I think Rollison pitched better. Rollison pitched better against Vandy. I think I think him flipping against State, coming out pitching well against State, than coming out against Vandy. I think my hunch is Rollison pitches better the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean he's the ace, and we've talked about it before. But the schedule is a little bit easier in the second half of the season. Feigl's up and down, but overall, I think the I think the pitch, I think starting pitching's been pretty good. Yeah, they're had, good. Right, I, I tend to think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get better in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. which will in turn help the bullpen. It's interesting looking at ERAs, though. I mean, uh, well, Stokes is eight twenty-five. I don't know what the hell you do there. He, he's <laughs> but he, Holst, he's busted. Etheridge, both over four. They're not. They don't have great ERAs. Etheridge has. Let's see. 
24 hits and four walks. So his whip is less than 1.1. So I think ERA is misleading there. His whip's 1.1. Holston is 27. Holston's whip's 1.5. So that's disconcerting. Compare it to the starters. MacArthur is 1.2 whip. Feigl is going to be 1.15, give or take. Rollison is in the 1.2, 1.3 range. Wolfolk is, damn, he's nearly 2. Caracy is 1.1. Caracy and Etheridge have the best whips, which I think is in general going to be your best indicator. I guess at this point, what's the ideal weekend? Rollison's a lefty. He goes six or seven. You're likely in a tight game, so you're throwing Etheridge on Friday. Yeah, see, that's, this is kind of the problem. There's not enough. Uh, you say, what's the ideal weekend? This far through the SEC season, the ideal weekend kind of has to include Caracy throwing at least twice. And then the other game, you either get an offensive explosion or you probably lose. Yeah, well, let's, 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 you're probably right. Let me think. Let's think through it. You're probably let's say it's Rollison goes seven, mm-hmm. and then, and then I, I mean I think ideally you use like Greer to set up Caracy in that yeah, game. I think I, I think ideally you hold Etheridge for later in the weekend. So yeah, because he, you feel better about Rollison going deeper than one rather, of the other two guys. I think you'd rather Etheridge pitch two to be, be there to pitch say get a nine out save. But we say that, but Bianco doesn't really let him do that. Like, Etheridge will be rolling ending the eighth, and he'll still go for Crazy or somebody. I don't know. I I think Etheridge has really good stuff that really gets away from batters, especially right-handed batters. Yeah, but I think you plan on Etheridge getting six to nine outs on either Friday, or if you don't, or if it's like eight to two, then you then you hold them till Saturday, et cetera. Yeah, I don't don't I don't want to use Etheridge in any big differentials, good or bad, either way. Like just save, uh, Friday, save Etheridge. If Friday is four runs or more in like the seventh inning. He doesn't. He shouldn't pitch. Yeah. Um, Saturday is Feigl goes six. That's that's what you're gonna. I mean, we, and we're, we're we're talking super ideal here. Yeah, six. He's gonna go five to six, and then you're bringing then... in. Holston at that point. Yeah, and he's going to get anywhere from like two outs to five to six outs. And then you may or may not have to bring in somebody else and then Caracy. Yeah, and then at that point you've used Caracy twice and you're done. It's the the bullpen has a lot of question marks right now. We need we need other people to step up late in games. And then Sunday you're talking five innings of MacArthur. And then... Yeah, I mean, this is where you. This is this is where you. I mean, you need Wolfolk to be there. I think this is maybe why we're seeing Jordan Fowler today is because I think Mike would like to have Roth out of the bullpen. Yeah, that's where I was about to go. I think Roth is. I think you got to move Roth into the bullpen on the weekend and just let Fowler. Let all the let all the young guys pitch midweek. Chaffee, Austin Miller, Fowler. Throw non they 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 should just throw non con the rest of the and now they're going to beat Ark State tonight, mm-hmm. um, Governor's Cup whatever. I and think they, it's important for the fan base here to even the series on the year. I feel good about the Governor's Cup with the way they played Southern in that park. We'll see. I'm planning on going to that game, so we'll see. For your, uh, um, our state pride. 
I think you got to get Roth in the mix. I think Stokes isn't fixable. I mean, Stokes can pitch in the midweeks. Stokes could also pitch in the the game with the big lead or a big deficit, whatever. Need a Chiaffi and or Connor Green to give you something. Really, the the, the swing arm is Wolfolk. I don't know how you're going to fix. I, I don't know. Yeah, what I'm, I don't know about him either. Like, I don't see the way out for him. You, I'd pitch Dallas Wolfolk tonight for two innings. I'd let him go out. Go, he, he he's got to get. He has got to go get confidence back. Yeah, some somehow. I think the problem is he's so used to pitching with the higher velocity, and when he uses the same style with his current velocity, it gets hammered. And it's, yeah. he he has to he has to pitch differently. And I don't. I, maybe he can in the future, but I don't know if he can this season. His ego yeah. is really big. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a good point because he's been trying to go find a mechanical adjustment to get his velocity. Because he wants the velocity back, he's not thinking. Okay, maybe I just I just need to start throwing differently. Point, but I throw ninety one. I need to spot need it. To locate. To... Yeah, he's not playing. He's not doing that at all. And I mean, partially that's on Bianco and the pitching coach to not, you know, know figure that out. But at the same time, I think Dallas does have an ego, and it's probably um, he he's not happy. I don't think with the velocity drop, and that's probably part of it. Nobody would be, but he. No, no. At some point, he's but but every have... major league pitcher goes through this. Like every starting pitcher loses velocity and has to change their style, like Bartolo or uh, freaking what's his face, uh, Verlander. Those guys have all gone through this. I mean, it's part of being a pitcher. You got Etheridge, you got Holston, you got Caracy. Caracy's. They need to get. You know, Caracy in total is is good from a macro. He hasn't been quite as good lately. He Caracy being being more um, getting back to dominant form. And then they need Wolfolk and they need two other guys to kind of emerge as Sunday options. And I think Roth is one of them. And then you're looking at Wolfolk and then just Chiaffi, however the hell you say his name. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're getting close enough. The, um, can you get anything out of him? That's that's kind of the question here. Because if we think back to fourteen and compare it, they had you had Greenwood would follow Trent. You had Short and Laxer. That you'd probably see them twice a week. You'd see Greenwood once, and that was well known. They need to treat Etheridge like Greenwood. And then let's see, you had Weathersby. Is your kind of spaghetti arm out of the pen? And I'm trying to think of who I'm forgetting. Somebody. I'm trying to think of who they'll. Who Massey? Yeah, Matt. Well, that's what happened later in the year. Yeah, is that Massey would be a guy out of the pen, and he was also be mm-hmm. your weak big day. So can Roth be Massey? Yeah. Really the, and can Wolfolk merge in the Weathersby? I don't know. I don't think that's happening. So they're probably down an arm compared to 14, if we're being frank with ourselves. I think they are. But I would like to hear you compare the two offenses. All right, let's talk about this. So I mean, I think 2014 offense probably still better, I guess, but they're pretty good right let's, now. Let's, we might have to go. 2014 offense, we compare. They had two guys hit over 900. Mm-hmm. Uh, had 900 OPS is over 900. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, shit, it was either Allen or somebody was 890. 2018 offense. Now it's mid. You probably have a 
you have more non-con weighted in here, so these are probably going to go down as you keep playing SEC ball. Mm-hmm. But but not not for Olenek, who's approaching 960. Ryan Olenek has a 960 OPS, a 394 average. I mean, Cockrell's OPS is over a thousand. Exactly, exactly. Cockrell's at 1020. Keenan, Keenan's over a thousand. Holy crap! These numbers are mind-boggling. Over Dillard's over a thousand. Your boy Zabowski's over a thousand. Jeez Louise! So they got four dudes over a thousand. Is Zabowski's nine something? Right? Looks like Zabowski's low nines. There's a low nine that I can't not add today. Yeah, nine thirty or something. Nine thirty, nine forty. I mean, it's still really good. Eighty plus. Okay, nine thirty. So you got three over a thousand, a nine thirty, a nine sixty. Um, four over a thousand. Dillard, um, Keenan, Cockerel, Linux. Sorry, go on. Not to be uh, sorry. Olenek, pedantic. Linux nine sixty. Oh, you're right. Sorry. So you got four over a thousand, two over nine hundred. Well, of three, Fortes is nine hundred. So you get three three thousands, three nine hundreds. Oof. Jake Adams is hitting. Is it a eight ten in the nine hole? And Golson should be, should be the lead off. We'll get to that. Golson's at seven hundred and slowly getting better. He's 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 so far following the Overby trend. His defense has been okay. I know you don't like the outfield defense. They have, the, the, the outfield defense has not screwed Ole Miss as often as I assume they would. I'll say that. Caused more problems. Exactly. And, and Golson hitting two seventy is actually very respectable. Yeah, and he's. He's he's hitting better against good. Con- he, he's gonna be he, he's gonna be just fine. So they've got three thousands, then they got three nine hundred. Probably, probably still should be moved down in the order, but yeah, fine. Is, and eight hundred. They got seven guys with eight hundred or higher OPSs. Mm, that's pretty nutty, yeah. dude. That's insane. Kessinger's hitting seven ninety two seven eighty two. If he if he got unfunked, he'd probably be over eight hundred. Well, yeah, I think I mean, he made if he wasn't injured, his his average and he was not injured was like three eighty or whatever, but he's lost so, eighty points. Your lowest OPS is Will Goals. Mm-hmm. And he's hitting and he's been hitting better. I mean, that is that's silly. And they've it's not like they haven't played good pitching. They've played some good pitching. They've played good teams. I mean, long story short, hats off to this team for being able to hit. They went to Nashville and scored 25 runs in 24. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they had seven in back-to-back seven-inning games, right? That's crazy. And they lost the damn series. Yeah. I think the really, you know, the other part of the equation, what we talked about earlier with the bullpen, is that this offense just needs to go out there and beat the shit out of somebody either Friday or Saturday, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, that would alleviate a lot of bullpen woes, yeah. And they can outslip people on Sundays. I so, mean, quite frankly, go on. They should. They could have easily, could have, should have, would have easily slugged their way to two wins on Sunday. They should have. Yeah, and they're gonna need to. They're gonna need to to come through more as the schedule uh, loosens up a little bit, just to make sure that the bullpen doesn't get in that situation again. I mean, they can win games just off the offense, and I think that's why they haven't lost a midweek game because that's usually the big problem and why you lose a midweek game, right? Is your offense doesn't show up, yeah. but this offense shows up and it travels. They've. Uh, oh, they scored. They scored like eleven in Trustmark Park, and Cockrell hit a home run out of there the first time since 2010. I mean, that's that's something. Here's um, the bottom line with this team. I don't know if they're going to go get a national C. They probably host. I. 
I think, we'll they, I think they host. Here's the problem is it, all the projections have Southern Miss coming to Oxford. We could beat their ass again. Uh, we're going to try, but I think they have a lot better weekend pitching than they have the pitching we faced. Uh, beat their ass four times in a row. So, <laughs> go beat their ass. Um, the, I mean, all, all it has to happen for Ole Miss to get to Omaha and be a serious threat to win the whole damn thing is the bullpen get hot for a month and pitch well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ball to bounce the right way for a month. Mm-hmm. And what – what I will say about this team is uh, if you're looking for a silver lining when Ole Miss struggles this season, uh, a whole lot of these guys are going to be back next year. I mean, the offense should be really, really good again next year. You just got to figure out the pitching. That's a good point. You got Olenek. I'll be uh, frank. I didn't realize Keenan was a freshman until a Keenan's, week ago. I Keenan's a freshman. Good. Dillard's a sophomore. Zabowski a sophomore. Oh. Kessinger a sophomore. You lose Fortes to the draft, probably. Cockrell probably goes to the draft, so he doesn't lose his leverage. Uh, but everybody, Golson graduates. But then you got a next season. You have all those guys: Adams, Kessinger, Zabowski, well, Fortes. Cooper Johnson plays catcher. He, yeah, yeah. Cooper Johnson's going to be your eight-hole catcher, your nine-hole catcher. He's hopefully he can get your better. Point, at the you got a ton of people returning. Yeah, I mean, I think this I think this team is a, a possible Omaha contender this year and next year, depending on the pitching. We'll see. You'll have MacArthur back. Yep, yep. You can play uh, – hmm. Is Feigl a junior or a senior? Feigl is – Somebody's going to draft Feigl. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I think it was a surprise that he came back at all this year. I'm looking at his page right now. Um, he's only a redshirt junior, but, I mean, obviously he's eligible. Yeah. You're looking at um the Etheridge, Etheridge is going to be a starter. Yep. Um so probably I mean he could be the Friday night guy. You get rid of Stokes, thank God. Yeah. If you can go find yeah. some arms to bring in, it's Bianco, a really good team. I I'd rather have Bianco having to go replace pitching staff than, than Stokes, yeah. Than his offense. So, oh, yeah, big – yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. They'll figure something out there. Yeah. So, that's that's the silver lining if you if you start getting worried about making it to Omaha this year. I don't think it's I – th- I think the window at least is open for another year. We'll see what Bianco does with it. We'll see. Pete, so, in summary, fact, here, here's what's going to get this team – here's what's going to really make or break how far this team goes. Mm-hmm. Can Houston Roth come in and provide solidification for the bullpen the way Massey did in 14? That's that's the model there. Mm-hmm. Can you get anything out of either Wolf Fulk or Stokes? Can Chiaffi come in? You need two of those three things to pan out. You need Ryan Rollison to, to go from talented Friday guy to top four Friday guy in the league. He needs to, he and needs it, to have at a, times a, he's looked like that. It just has to be consistent. And it's, and it's, he's close. Uh, he's gotten yeah. closer the past two weeks. Yeah. If it continues on the track he's on, his competition is not quite as good here coming up like the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. They should go take care of business. I think, I mean, they're not going to play a team as good as Vandy the rest of the way, I don't think. I, I would agree. George is good, but they get him at home. They beat Arkansas at home. Is that Kessinger hitting a two-run shot there? 
Did it get him out? Oh, yeah, he missed it. He missed it. No, I don't think he's fixed. I think we're playing a crappy team. Uh, yeah, he just missed a home run earlier in the at-bat. Now he hits two-run shot. Uh, so, okay, so my calculations, John, uh, is Ole Miss can go 17-13 and 13 in the league, uh, and that would mean you lose a series to either LSU, UGA, or Auburn, but you you win the other four series. And that's 17-13. and 13. That definitely hosts. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's doable. What do you think? Well, I got the schedule up now, so let me let's go. We can go through series by series. Georgia, I mean, you got Georgia and LSU at home. And you I, I think they win Georgia this weekend because they're so happy to be back at home. They're trying to get out of the funk of losing the last two series. I think that they they beat Georgia by any means necessary. We'll see. I mean, they're not a bad team by any stretch. They're ranked top ten RPI. Uh, top 10 strength of schedule, but still, I think they find a way at home. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, they've lost one game to Tennessee and uh, what one game to Arkansas at home so far this season. And like you said, I think it definitely helps the bullpen to not have to go last. Then you got LSU next weekend. You've got at Carolina, Auburn at home, at Alabama. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I believe so. They're favored to win every getting, series. Getting LSU at home is huge. And then getting to go at South Carolina when they're in a down year, also huge. Yep. I mean, your two road series left are at South Carolina, at Alabama. That's that's clutch. Um, the, the, the best teams in your schedule all have to come to Oxford, so I think you feel good about that. This team got hot and went 12-3 and three the second half of the year. Would it surprise anybody? It, would, it wouldn't surprise me. What would suck about that is that that would be, uh, what, 20-10? and 10? Yep. And, uh, and that would still lose the league to Florida. <laughs> Well, that's a national seed. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, you have to you have to play for what you can play for. But Ole Miss had a damn. If, if Ole Miss had scholarship, if they had as many scholarships as Florida effectively did, they mm-hmm. you can't. They're one. They're one more. They're one. I, I well, think it's hard though. It's hard to predict that being possible because how many series has Ole Miss swept on the year? They swept Winthrop. They swept Tulane. And they're due. They swept due. Eastern Illinois. That's it. Yeah, they're due. I guess. I mean, honest to God, if they went out, I mean, I mean, the other we keep we keep going back to 2014, but hell, let's keep, I mean, let's why keep, not? That's Bianco's best year. We got it. It's our benchmark. Let's keep membering. They they were 10 and 8. Went to Kentucky. Scored 39 runs. Beat the shit out of the Wildcats. That got them from. Hey, we think we can get there too. Hey. They're there. They just got Yeah, and I mean, Kentucky was thought pretty highly of that season. You know, that could be the analog to Georgia and Oxford this weekend, right? I mean, that could be a similar thing where you, you knock off a team that was doing really well and you get your confidence back. I hope so. We'll see. I think they play well against Georgia this week. I think so, too. I mean, they got a lot to play for, and they like it. They're coming back home. I, I think they, you know what? I, 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 hell, I'll go bold. I think they sweep their ass. <laughs> I hope I think, so. I think they come home. But Rollis, hey, Rollison yeah. has his best start. All you got to do is win every I'll, series, and and you go eighteen and twelve. I mean, that's a damn good record. I. But a sweep would be nice. That gives you a little more breathing room. They they could sweep a couple people coming down here. There's definitely more opportunities in this back half. Um, and then we talked about the Governor's Cup next week, and that's pretty much your last midweek game that matters. You got one more versus Pine Bluff and Oxford. Uh, but then 
starting with South Carolina, you'll you'll have all your starters available out of the bullpen too. Um, so that's gonna help. Yeah, you actually have another lefty in in Fowler that you can call on. The only lefty, right? There's not another think, lefty in the bullpen. I really like them beating the crap out of LSU next weekend too. I think double decker, you're gonna have huge crowds. Huge crowd, yeah. Got this is probably this is the biggest advantage they've had over LSU from a team perspective in a long time. Yeah, let's just hope that some funky LSU stuff doesn't happen. And I think they're coming in. They a good chance they're coming in dealing with a buzzsaw. We'll see. I don't see this is this is I'm not sure our, our listeners would have expected so much wool coming off the the first two series losses of the season. But I like the schedule. I this the. This Georgia series, I think, is kind of – this is the pivot They need point. to get their mojo back this weekend. They need to look good in all phases. Good win the series. And then you got and, and you got three home series out of five to finish it off. I mean, it's this is your time. This is your time to make a stretch run. The flip side is um, – the flip side is is they come out, bullpen sucks again. They lose the series. They're 500 in the yeah, league. The, the things are looking really bad. <laughs> then they're underachieving because – and at that point – it then becomes it's a okay. pivotal series It's a pivotal series it's pivotal this is kind of the this is gonna define this defines their trajectory the rest of the way although i will say this they could lose this series and then let's say they get to 16 and 14 somewhere help they could go say 16 and 14 even go be a two seed and then if the pen if the pen gets hot, they can go run and beat anybody. They're kind of built, you know. Ty- I mean, typically you get a couple, two or three teams that go to Omaha. They're two seeds that get hot and they play well. Bianco has been coaching what eighteen years now. He's never had that run before. He's almost kind of due for it in a way. If you want to sit here and make some, you know, play along with mm-hmm. crazy. Well, he's due for this argument. That's one of them. He's due to kind of have a f the world postseason run, but hope so. Hope so. We'll see. I from a big picture perspective, they got to get they got to get a couple reliever the relieving thing figured out and take it from there. What's the weather? What's the weather supposed to be in Oxford? I think good. Here, I'll, I'll look for this weekend. They played these last two series have been in shit. Weather. Yeah, they they don't play as well in the cold. That's for sure. I mean, they, they, they it was beautiful weather for Arkansas, and they played well. Looks like 71 high on – or 68 high on Friday, 71 high on Saturday, 62 Martin high on Martin played Sunday. a doubleheader on Saturday? It's possible because it looks like rain on Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Let's play two yep. nine-inning games. I, I'm tired of the seven innings. Seven-inning dog shit. I'm yeah, with it's bad. It's bad. Um – I don't know if we're talking about baseball. I just clicked on this article from Dennis Dodd an hour ago. Headline, Shea Patterson details scope of Ole Miss deception and lengthy letter to Michigan. Ooh, this who, who wrote this? Shea Patterson. Who else? Shea Patterson is, is just a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh, in his filing, Patterson said he found a trustworthy, high-caliber coach with values, integrity, and leadership qualities in Michigan's Jim Harbaugh. Man, I, I I just love Jim Harbaugh's uh, values and integrity. Absolutely, so much integrity. 
you know Shane Patterson is a guy with a lot of integrity. You know what I mean? He says, it's not enough for just one person uh, to get to live off of my talent. You know, I want to bring other people with me. I, I want my brother to be taken care of. I mean, that is integrity right there. There's there's nothing selfish about uh, demanding a team hire your brother before you go there. That's just pure class. God bless Shay Patterson. Also, God bless that ball Thomas Dillard just hit. Oh, what did he? What did he hit one out? He hit a he hit a laser out of the park. Beautiful. Zabowski about to follow it up. Here's some, here's some more choice quotes while you watch baseball. Um, it doesn't seem fair to me that the only thing standing in the way of Coach Freeze making five million dollars a year at another school was the discovery that he wasn't the trustworthy, straight laced role model that he claimed to be. Yeah, you know how Ole Miss players had no idea what Hugh Freeze was really like, right? He was just so good at, at, at hiding everything. He was really good at keeping secrets, right? Jesus Christ. Give me a break, Shay. Every I would say every one of the high-profile kids that signed with Freeze and, and probably the majority of just the rank and file of the team, they knew who Freeze was. And I think that, I think for a lot of them, they were cool with it. Because, like, let's take Greg Little, for example. And I don't personally know Greg Little. I don't know anything about him. He's like a great kid. He's going to have a good career in the NFL. Obviously, I appreciate that he stayed at Ole Miss. But he says he came to Ole Miss back when he was a high schooler, and he chose Ole Miss um, because Coach Freeze was going to help him learn more about his faith and more about the Bible. I mean, to me, this it just sounds like a way for you to say, yeah, I'm choosing my college coach because he's a man of God. Uh, while you know good and well that he's a player's coach, you're going to live in Oxford, uh, and you know what he's really – you at least have an inkling of maybe this guy isn't you – know. Look at all the shit Rob Kimdichie did. Exactly. You know you're going to be allowed to get away with shit. Denzel Kimdichie, the, the much less talented brother, he was allowed to go with whatever he wanted. I mean, I think these guys knew what they were signing up for. Uh, and obviously, I don't fault Shay for trying to go get paid at Michigan or whatever – but it's just like it's disingenuous, man. It, it rings hollow, Shay. I I don't feel bad for you that Hugh Freeze turned out to be a bad guy. It's a freaking football coach, man, in the SEC. Like, yeah, he's an embarrassment. Yeah, I'm no fan of Hugh Freeze, but uh, I don't feel bad for Shay Patterson. I, I doubt anybody really does. No. A- anyone that that's that is bludgeoning Ole Miss with this shit, the Shay Patterson stuff, you just don't like Ole Miss. You don't care about Shay Patterson. You don't care about amateurism. You don't care about Hugh Freeze lying to kids. Kids get lied to every single recruiting cycle at every single school. Just part spare me the the moralistic uh, high horse. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's okay to just watch the games, guys. Um, all right, John. Where do we go from here? This is we talked about baseball. Not a ton on the agenda, other than baseball. Nothing huge on the football front. Um... Kermit Davis has got a home and home with Butler. Good oh, yeah, him. I forgot about that. That's that's cool. So, otherwise, it kind of rolls along. It's gonna it's gonna suck if they if this bullpen's a mess a mess the rest of the way and and the now offense we got, keeps doing well, but they just keep losing. Yeah, that's frustrating. Three, three, three mediocre sports at Ole Miss. <laughs> well, four if you count softball. But hey, we got the best amateur golfer in the nation, baby. You know, I'm hoping that maybe, maybe the maybe Ole Miss has got some crack computer science research team that can lead advanced analytics to figure out 
Who yeah. and when should bitch? We need yeah. psychographic uh, profiles based on um, you know, their Facebook data so that we can figure out, you know, what's the right call here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So funny story coming out around Ole Miss. I think it was first, or at least I first read about it yesterday in Politico EU. Um, basically, as far as I can tell, there was this sketchy insurance company called Eldon Insurance Group uh, that for whatever reason decided they were going to open like a tech facility in Mississippi. And maybe it had to do with, uh, you know, Governor Bryant's brilliance for economic development. You know, he's making all the right calls on tax breaks and we're just so much better than other states. I have no idea. For whatever reason, they had this facility here. They recruited data scientists and programmers from the Ole Miss Computer Science Program. Um, it turns out they're all tied up with the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal. Um, they were they were using data from U.S. customers in the U.K., from U.K. customers in the U.S. There's assertions that the, the Ole Miss researchers or the Eldon researchers, whatever you want to call them, uh, violated the law by transmitting that data back and forth. I have no idea. It's all very complicated, honestly, but I think we'll probably learn more about it in time. Uh, all I have to say is thank God we have a computer scientist, academic, cerebral guy for chancellor i'm sure this is going to be totally fine uh there's no way that, that jeff Vitter will bungle this um i'm just excited about the future we, we got such a great cs program it turns out you know what i said to you before the show john which i think has to be what's going on is that phil bryant as a state fan you know did all this on purpose to try to bring down old miss you know there's a lot of photos of him with these people uh taking them around <laughs> trying to do it to frame Vitter, and then they can go take down Ole Miss in the process. Right. So actually, it's 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 kind of a com- competing conspiracies, right? Because if, if Brian and the IHL put Vitter in power to hurt Ole Miss, they probably want to protect his job as well, right? So somehow this has to uh, make Vitter look better yep. for the plan to be successful, the conspiracy. He's on the cutting edge of relevant research. And, uh, I, I'm going to need, need Table to figure out a way to make a painting out of this, out of the whole – Cambridge Analytica, old Miss connection. I, yeah. I expect something good, Table. Yep. Oh, man. Hmm. That's really about it from an old Miss perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned the, the Red Sox okay. and the MLB. But when do we get a rendition of the Landshark mascot? On the field? Yeah. I think in the fall. Why don't we have one now? Because well, the, the baseball that? mascot is the plastic drinking cups. Okay, which is what the real mascot should be. I think it's I I think that would be a little crass, honestly. Like on the football field, red solo cup. I don't know. That's pretty. That's a yikes. That would be Ole Miss owning its identity. Yeah, a, a, an embarrassing identity. As I've said before on the podcast, it's embarrassing that Ole Miss thinks it parties so much harder than every other college. Everybody, every other school's got some stupid mascot. Look at like Western Kentucky. It's like it's the mascot. I agree, mascots are stupid, but I think that's a little too on the nose. It works for baseball because of the outfield thing, where everybody's out there with the cups or whatever, and you got the beer shower, so it ties in with the brand. Are they still doing the solo cup races? In the yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still doing them. Um, uh, the yellow cup still has never won one. That's all. Love is on and yeah, Sweet yeah. Carol. Honestly, they need to update some of the some of the stadium stuff. Honestly, I think the worst thing that they still do is when the pitcher and the and the coach talk on the mound, they still play that stupid-ass Family Guy video that's like 11 years out of date or something like that. It's peanut butter, jelly time. Like, that's yeah, embarrassing. They need to. Uh... That's shitty. 
Love is gone is fine. We sold the tradition from somewhere else. I can't remember where, but whatever. It's fine. Obviously, the beer showers are like probably the most unique and interesting tradition at Ole Miss. Um, yeah, probably just at Ole Miss in general, but definitely in baseball. Maybe the Grove would be the counterpoint uh, for the whole school. But in general, I think they need to update the the sound stuff at the baseball games. It, honestly, the home run song being dropped a bomb on me is a little played out in old school too, because I'm pretty sure they were playing that back in 2014 as well. So, you know, we got the budget for it. We got the SEC money. After this year, hopefully, we'll be done paying uh, giant fines for a while. So, you know, we can we can invest in a few new songs oh, we're not on gonna, iTunes. I can get that bowl revenue money. So, I don't know what yeah, we're, we're definitely get. not going to get that. Yeah, I don't I don't think that the appeal is going to work out for us. Are you worried about the Cubs being seven and eight? Nah, because I don't care. But I mean, I, I think they'll probably be fine. You know, I'm just looking forward to next year when they got Bryce Harper, baby. That's all we need. So where's Harper's going to play? Who's he going to replace? He's, Hayward, get Hayward out of there. He's trash. I mean, maybe you can put him in left <laughs> sometimes when Schwarber when Schwarber's not feeling good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bryce Harper, right fielder, baby. It's beautiful. Him and Chris Bryant grew up together playing travel ball in Las Vegas. It's perfect. Um, no, I mean, I'm not concerned. Honestly, with MLB, I'm not really going to get into it until everything else is over. Like, MLB is the ultimate dead summer time period sport for me. I don't have a team I can go watch locally or anything. Um, I like, I, I love watching baseball games, but it's really hard for me to tune into a random Cubs game on, like, a Tuesday night knowing that there are zero stakes. It just... It makes it harder to watch for me. I need I need stakes. I need to know that the players are trying their hardest to win. The coaches are trying their hardest to win. And it's not just about planning for the future. I appreciate those aspects of the pro game. Um, I think the strategy you employ when you when you play for later outcomes is really cool. But at the same time, you know what I mean. You can just read about that stuff. You can watch you can watch the highlights. You don't actively have to watch the game. So that kind of takes a little bit away from it for me. Uh, but I I think down the line the Cubs will be fine this season. Um, they do have some aging. You know, players that you have to figure out. I mean, Javi Baez is a is amazing though. He's awesome. Um, and Rizzo's been on the DL. I mean, it, things will things will get better. It's not a big deal. Um, I don't know. I've said before on the show. I'm excited about Otani. I know he had a bad game last night, but still, it's exciting. So there's been a lot of good pitching uh, so far this season. At least my MLB at bat app sends me a push notification about a, a no-hitter like every day pretty much, like in progress. It's actually annoying because they never work out. Obviously, there hasn't been one yet this season. Uh, they're trying to get people to tune in. but I wonder, wonder what ERA is compared to, um, say, the past couple of years. Yeah, I'd be interested. That's, that's Maybe, always super I, interesting to compare how it changes. Gut said, I don't follow it, is that, is that scoring's up a little bit. It's not like – I know scoring was up last year. Last year was the biggest home run year ever. Yeah. Everybody's all strikeout home run oriented. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, I mean, I don't know. I think if you're maximizing watchability, it's not strikeouts and home runs. Like, I think home runs are cool, but they're just one instant in the game, and then it's back to nobody on base. You know what I mean? Where I, I think keeping a hit parade going is the most exciting thing that can happen for your offense when you're watching a baseball game. How um, how much is this transition to home run strikeouts driven by travel teams in high school and perfect game stuff where the guys got to show up and have good mechanics and throw 95? Mm-hmm. Wow, and from that perspective, that's how the that's really dictated how the games change. Hmm. So the theory is because the young pitchers are better, 
the young hitters have to sell out and go for all power strikeout? Theory is is that it's all about lighting up. Is it's yeah, light up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. More fastball oriented, more yeah, yeah, high yeah. hard fastball oriented stuff. Which no, is I think be... I think you're right. I think that's also linked to the uptick in Tommy John. Yeah, trying to throw trying to throw high heat at like ten. Yeah, and not, it's really dr- change major league level where there's more strikeouts and mm-hmm. home runs than ever see. We'll call my, it the John uh, Carter pack. My four year old cousin is a southpaw. His dad played baseball. He's a uh, Watching him play around with the tee and the bat and throw the ball and stuff versus what I'm sure I was doing when I was four, it's like night and day. Like he actually watches the ball. Uh, I think he's going to be a pitcher. I'm excited about that. So uh, I say that now, but when my 10-year-old cousin is throwing like, uh, you know, 82 or whatever, I'm going to be all about it. Just throwing that out there. I have no idea how fast – kids throw before they get up to like the stuff I actually watch you know I, 82 might be unheard of it might be like 70 I have no idea probably more likely <laughs> yeah I don't know did you play travel ball John I know you played travel racing no I, I didn't play baseball after eight yes yeah, I, I quit pretty young too which it kind of sucks because I think part of baseball is hard to appreciate for a kid especially a kid today that's like has so many different entertainment options it seems yep. uh very mindless and boring in the game when you're a kid kind of is, but when you get older and you realize how much strategy and thought is going into every play that happens on a baseball diamond, I think it makes a lot of people think, man, I kind of wish I had, I had played more baseball when I was a kid. There's a lot of cool potential here for this sport. How remarkable is it that you see every top pick in the draft goes to the minors for three years minimum minimum six months yeah yeah yeah. think about it i mean football the guys start the guy's gonna start mm-hmm. basketball the guy's gonna be in the rotation and i think part of it's longevity right baseball players can take care of themselves and play a lot longer and they also go into the system younger than football at least i mean a, a football draftee is gonna be 22 compared to maybe an 18 year old baseball draftee but still, you see these guys that go to double because there's just they, they have to adjust to the speed of the game and all that. They also mm-hmm. just it's a game where you continue to learn more and more about situations just because there's so many. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a game where it can get away from you a lot faster. Like you have a bad game as a rookie NFL player. You get a week off to watch the film and try to come out and, and play better for 60 minutes the next week. You know, if you get in a hitting slump. As a rookie MLB guy, you got a game tomorrow and the game the day after that, the day after that, and you got a double header, and it's a lot easier, I feel like, to to really play yourself into a hole. Yep. Hmm. Well, this is the food for thought, guys. This is the type of uh, rambling discussion you get when all we really have to talk about is baseball. So get used to that for the next several months. I don't think we're gonna have a lot of. Football discussion, really. I mean, I think Matt Luke's going to keep plodding, plodding along uh, through the summer. I guess at some point we'll start looking at the the season ahead with with more, uh, you know, actual seriousness towards the games. Uh, I I can tell you right now, like from the very beginning, I have no idea what's going to happen when Ole Miss plays Texas Tech in Houston. Um, I can see Ole Miss losing badly. I can see Ole Miss looking really good. Um, probably do pretty well against a team that doesn't play great defense. Uh, under Kingsbury normally so we'll see um, 
there's a lot of question marks so I, I guess at some point we'll try to dive into all of those but for now I'll definitely focus on baseball um, hoping for a, hoping for a sweep like John predicted this weekend against Georgia um, some revenge against state next week in the Governor's Cup all that stuff uh, if you have any stories about Ole Miss that we're not talking about that you think we should be talking about we would love to uh, talk about them on the show we got plenty of time as you can hear from listening to this you can send them over to us on twitter at sharks aftr dark and hit up our email landsharksafterdark at gmail.com uh, any anonymous tips you may have uh, we will protect your anonymity we have never burned a source only our friend Weston does that on the show just kidding Weston we love you buddy and they're your sources you can burn them if you want um Let's see. That's that's about it, guys. Uh, if you like the show, we'd love for you to give it a give it a five star rating on iTunes. That would be just peachy. Uh, you'd be my best friend. Um, if you ordered a shirt, I still haven't contacted you, and that's just because I haven't. We've been busy, but uh, we'll get on that. It's taxes. Tax season's over. Uh, coming up on summertime here, so we'll have plenty of time to get into all that. Don't worry. Don't despair. And if you want to order one, you still can. You can find the link on our Twitter if you post back and uh, pull up the Google Sheet, all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. So, Johnny, got anything else you want to say? Oh. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Um, thank you, John. I'm Justin. We'll talk to you again next week. cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader